Blog Talk Radio. I hope you're tucked in. Because you are now in bed with Dr. Sue. Hello, my little chicken McNuggets. Oh, I can't be any more stoked about tonight's show, seriously. I mean, I know, I, like a lot of people, have been into both UFOs and the paranormal for decades, probably longer than most of you have even been on the planet. And to be able to chat with a former MUFON investigator in any capacity for me is like being in a candy store with an unlimited credit card. I am like, oh, I just can't. And I know, trust me, I can guarantee you that two hours won't be enough time. And I'm positive that Andy will be back on the show in the future because we're only going to scratch the surface tonight. This is like an endless subject. Um, Plus, I also have an interview that's coming up in the show that was previously recorded. And I know you're going to find that just as interesting as everything we're going to be discussing tonight. So since I want to really quickly say hi to everybody in the chat room. (laughs) Everybody's talking about being probed. We'll be doing that a bit later, you guys. Anyways, if you've had a close encounter or you've seen a UFO, give us a call. Tell us your story. The number is 657-383-0749. And before we get into anything, I want to head to tonight's shout-outs. Our good friend Becky Surreal wants you to know that you can get in touch with her via her Twitter account, which is at underscore Becky Surreal, B-E-C-K-Y-S-U-R-R-E-A-L. So be sure to hit up Becky Surreal. She's actually got a really good sexting game going on, so if you guys are into sexting, definitely give her a shout. And Madame Sose wanted me to give her a kick in the sock and remind her that she's supposed to be writing, not taking a mind vacation. So let's go, my foot-warming, cotton-blend friend. You have minions to teach. Back at the computer, now. Consider that a whip. And I'd like to thank the lovely Mika Spray for her gorgeous xenomorph artwork on In Bed with Dr. Sue. Be sure to hit her up on Twitter at Moonwolf95. All the pics on In Bed lead to her Deviant Art page, where you can... Check out all the rest of her digital art, and it's just stunning. She is insanely talented, so definitely check her out. Remember, if you guys have a shout-out, such as a birthday, you never know, secret admirer, new business, a book, let me know via inbedwithdrsue.com contact page or tweet it to me, and I'm happy to plug it for you. I hope I didn't miss anyone. Anyways, if I did, you can smack me around later. But right now I have the distinct honor of introducing to you former MUFON investigator, Mr. Andy Baca. Hi, Andy. Hello, Sue. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I, 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 like I said, I'm so insanely stoked for this because we have so much to cover and hopefully we'll have enough time to do it. Let's start out Let's just assume that uh, no one knows what we're talking about. So let's start out with, let's tell everybody, what is MUFON? Uh, MUFON is number one's world-leading uh, largest UFO investigation uh, group. 
very legitimate. Uh, it's very diverse. A lot of people come from many disciplines and areas of science and things to uh, uncover is this phenomenon really happening. Uh, I had started a little later in my teen years because I started off in parapsychology, and I thought just for fun I'll see what's going on with this. And one family vacation, uh, my mother and I went to uh, Roswell. We said, why not? So from there... But what was Roswell must have been a blast, though, right? Like, wasn't, wouldn't it be fun to go to Roswell? It is Comic-Con for the UFOs, everything. Um, you rub elbows with Glenn Dennis and uh, one of the lieutenants that did the press releases for the Roswell incident. Incident. I had uh, rubbed elbows with him, and uh, uh, Dennis Balthazar was uh, another investigator that, unfortunately, you can't get too close to digging around. And at the time, I had signed up and watched his lecture, and we talked about it earlier. I'd spoken something that really shouldn't have been in the open, and uh, I kind of got on from there. And it's just, you learn so much. People have seen this as, as a subculture, and it's just really, really great. Uh, Roswell is a lot of fun, and like I said before, Area 51, not so much. It's it's in the middle of nowhere, and uh, when my dad and I went, it, it's very desolate, and uh, we saw a uh, C-130 coming up, and he's a uh, ex-Marine, so he said, that's that's doing recon, and it just appeared and glided over and did about three passes. And so about 10 minutes later, traveling down the road, you get to Rachel, Nevada, which is only basically a trailer park and a diner, mm-hmm. and um, 100 people live there. And we get there, and there's already three marked ve- unmarked vehicles, white vans, white trucks, and we get in, and... Uh, Sure enough, eight eight uh, uniformed MPs show up, and I'm wearing my MUFON field investigator badge, and I just kind of look at my dad, and I thought, uh, we got the cold shoulder from the diner. You might as well destroy it. Wow. So, so, so uh, they, did you even get up to the to the gate, like where they where they tell you not to go any further? No, we had just settled to get to the uh, just to Rachel. I mean. Uh, we didn't. You're still traveling along the fence line because they uh, had requested some more property for the privacy. So we didn't go looking for the road with the black mailbox. And uh, you can see that clearly we'll shoot you sign if we don't pay a fine first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, all the stories are true. They have the ammonia sensors. They have the vibration sensors. You can look back at the people in the white Jeep Cherokees and, of course, the aircraft because, you know, Nellis is the closest thing out there. And, you know, it's it's perfect. There's nothing. And all of a sudden you start seeing surveillance aircraft right above you. You're like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) So you know Uh, you tripped over something pretty kind of scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really has, and uh, it's it's. But it's real. They make it real difficult because I thought about it, and uh, it's you get a piece of confetti, and if you get that right, you get the piece to the puzzle, and then you start looking. Like for this project, I remember going back to in the mid '90s with Jim Marr's Alien Agenda, and to this day, I don't know how he got his sources, but it's the beginning of the rest of the disclosure that's coming out now. And it took wow. longer than 30 years kind of 
of what the government had said, but you look around and, you know, we've put it on lunchboxes. We've made fun of it from uh, uh, Independence Day. uh had two race influences for that movie, but they didn't say which was the good one and which was the bad one. And then you've got, you know, the pop, uh, you know, the Pulp Fiction from uh, Mars Attacks. Right. So it's it's really scattered, and uh, it's a lot more together than the parapsychology community. There's too many kind of internal factions against it. Well, and it strikes me as like the paranormal community is a little bit more scattered and not quite as organized as, say, MUFON. And MUFON being really the only civilian-run uh, way of getting anything checked, right? Like, Because you're not going to get anywhere if you call the government if you see something. Right, yeah, yeah. No, they're all over. Um, there's another organization, and I'm not, I can't recall who they were because I've always dealt with MUFON. Uh, but there's another one that's another civilian organization. Uh, but even MUFON has changed. You know, the, the information has come forward and a lot of the money and uh, times have changed. So something big's on the horizon. I mean, here we are talking about <laughs> at first it was unheard of and now it's something pleasurable. And Well, in, okay, so you go to you go to Roswell and this piques your interest, right? You decide, okay, this is kind of cool. How do you become a MUFON investigator? You just get in touch with them? Yeah, you can contact them. Um, request, uh, they have a handbook, a uh, manual, and membership fees. Uh, there's seminars. Uh, you know, with a general interest, you can get into it, and it, it ranges into more evolved. Uh, the Roswell International UFO Museum, you kind of have to pay for access to the archives and the library on the third floor. That's also there in Roswell. Uh, but MUFON, yeah, just contact. There's local chapters that will support. Uh, very easy, and the journals are are very excellent, very informative, and it, it, I highly recommend it. So, okay, so now you become a MUFON investigator, and are you now going out and interviewing people who have said they have seen things and experienced things? Um, sort of. You'll start off, uh, if you choose to do field work or investigative, there's other positions uh, in, in all aspects. You know, um, but I did. I chose the uh, training field investigator. And then after Roswell, I signed up and studied and uh, was then promoted to a field investigator. And you'll work alongside another investigator and you take reports and um, witnesses have spotted such and such anomaly in the sky. Well, okay, let's see. Is it a sun? What, you know, what's on the constellation in the daytime? Is there any known aircraft called the local airport? Uh, right. And we got on... Um, you know, in the nearby bases, is there any missile tests? Where's the well, do you guys, station? because you're MUFON, do you guys get mm-hmm. better clearance? Say, for example, if you call military a military base to check on radar, are they giving you a little bit more respect or no? No, you're treated a little bit pretty much the same. Uh, you know, they're that's why they have their public office affairs and representatives. Right. It's, you know, unless you've got your clearance and you're, you know, you're part of the team, then nobody needs to know. 
but there are those friends that will have contacts and leak in and say, we found this on radar or it was a test. But most of the time, it's you go back to the scene and um, you're doing some uh, calculations and adjustments of, of ballparking about how far it was, what size, you know, because there's so many, so many sizes from eggs to spears to uh, the triangles, the cigars. And then nowadays, it's, well, it's an unknown aircraft in our fleet, but it's something that we've reported new, like stealth technology has been confused. Uh, I've seen the Aurora aircraft um, in flight. So have you, you've seen these pretty nice. in particular. You have seen this stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> it's quite amazing. So you've I've seen, seen so have you seen actual per- a UFO yourself? No, not in person. That's the bad part. A lot of people haven't seen it, and they wait. So it's you just pour over footage, files, and reports, and to decipher which is real. Because when I started, there wasn't much of a Photoshop and computer like that when you're dealing with VHS, and then everything went digital. The worst you had to worry about was a python on a string. Mm-hmm. And now it's you know we were talking about the uh, the fourth kind movie. And uh, I looked through the alien race book and listed under the um, it's the uh, Zeta Reticular Gray have uh, been known in that area, and it was updated last year. They documented a case in 2009, and I went back again and looked through the movie, and sure enough, Universal Studios had been sued for falsifying. So it was like an umph degree of the Blair Witch Project and abductions, where right. we had. Close Encounters, which happened behind Holloman Air Force Base, the scene with the uh, trimonotone light flashing sequence mm-hmm. that had taken place in uh, behind Holloman Air Force Base in the Manzano Mountains. I've been out there in the Sandios, some of the bunkers that have uh, earthquake equipment, and uh, there's just a lot of activity out there in the southwest. So, okay, so... Let's start getting into, because this is what I found fascinating, was you were telling me about not just the fact, I mean, we're all used to the greens, we're used to grays. Um, in my understanding, grays are the ones that are doing most of the medical testing and are kind of nasty. Greens are okay. But you're saying that there are, are is yet some more species that are, how would I say, it's more, not higher evolved, but are more transcendental, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are, yeah, there are many. Uh, I went over around 40, the uh, the Alien Race book, and uh, a lot of others that have proven over time to be true and fit the pieces. Uh, there are the uh, Pleiadians or Pleiadians. I always butcher it, but they're known as the Nordics. So it's there's... Uh, so Pleiadians, known many, as Nordics, means what? That they that they tend to inhabit more the northern areas like Sweden and the Antarctic and stuff like that. Is that right? Or, or the yeah, Arctic, yeah. There are a lot of ge- yeah geographical locations that relate. Like yeah, the Nordics are all uh, of that nature and Scandinavian and blonde and tall and the blue eyes. But there's many subspecies now that we're finding out. So as well as the Greys. And uh, the Nordics, there's three subspecies, 
like in the Nordics, there's also the, uh, let's it's the Telosians, which are also good in allies and kind of a distant cousin of the human species, supposedly. There are also the Aryans, which are in the Antarctic region, considered to be the Fourth Reich after uh, the Second World War. Uh, that was so how does that with, play in? Okay, so if we're talking the yeah. Third Reich here, we're talking Nazis. What the hell does Nazism has to have to do with aliens? Uh, it kind of shows that uh, in the Betty and Barney Hill case, they were right. uh, met by you know the Zeta Reticula Gray, which are bad, and then there's clone subspecies from that, which are not even just they don't have any spiritual comprehension. Uh, they were okay. also greeted by. Uh, tall, blonde, Aryan types. Uh, but they had the uh, Nazi emblems as well as everything extraterrestrial, including the uh, craft. So, is to, so, so do we think that Hitler and the Third Reich ripped off the aliens or they were helping them? Or, like, like was that symbol originally an alien symbol? Uh, no, they had helped. They had helped because uh, months before World War II broke out, you know, Hitler had found a downed craft and reversed engineered it into later uh, the Glocka, which is, you know, a supposed time machine uh, extraterrestrial craft. Uh, there were many, he had many, you know, fascinations and a really strong occult unit. Uh, and it wasn't till Roswell that we got our hands on our, you know, on our nice new property. Well, and uh, I find it interesting, too, when you're talking about the Nordic ones, when you look at Inuit writing, when you look at that particular language, I've always felt that that's very similar to symbols that you see on some of the craft. Would that sound about right? Yes, uh, many of them. Uh, there was an episode on uh, with the, oh, what was it? Uncovering Aliens or something with the, the Giorgio Sucolos and the hair. Mm-hmm. He revisited Roswell to find a uh, Roswell rock that had a bit of a yin and yang shape to it and was uh, a perfect match to a crop circle. But uh, other emblems and writings and even, you know, hieroglyphs of the visitors and the crafts themselves have been found everywhere. And it does get really weird because when we're talking about these subspecies, a religion will eventually bleed into it, and there's uh, a section of race for that. And that just gets real too controversial, so I put that one away. I don't even dig for that one. Uh, So, okay, so what you're saying is is that these aliens are actually walking among us, that there are actual hybrids. Oh, yeah. From uh, genetic experiments, it doesn't really seem that um, through sexual contact that the um, the DNA can be accepted. It's too different. In fact, there's one race that has said to not have visited Earth for a while because its 48 chromosomes were uh, retarded when mixed. And I'm sorry to say that word, but that's the medical terminology yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. It caused Down syndrome in their species because this was just way too different. So we have these experiments. Uh, uh, most are, have we hear about are, are the negative. We, there are some positive ones, such as uh, 
Antonio Barreras in uh, Brazil was a farmer and abducted for this purpose of simply having sex with an extraterrestrial. One second, and you're kind of breaking family. up there. Oh, you were kind sorry. of breaking up on that one. Okay, uh, where did I leave off? Well, let's, okay, so the okay. reason why I brought up the, the fact that there is all these different races is you said it was the Pleiadians? Am I saying that right? I'm not saying it right. It goes either way. It's, you know, English translations. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Are they not the ones that, because you were telling me that you had actually spoken to people who had had alien sexual encounters. In other words, we're all used to hearing that people are abducted, that there are is a lot of um, testing going on, there's a lot of genetic testing going on, things like that, and there's a lot of, you know, um, eggs being taken from women, things like that. But you don't ever hear about positive encounters. I, I, at least I had never heard of anyone having any kind of a really good alien sexual encounter. So is there such a thing? Uh, yes. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up a case here. I got my iPad uh, it's about what I'm down to these days. I'd lost a lot of research a couple of years back. Well, that sucks. Yeah, uh, it was kind of for the better, though. <laughs> uh, there have been cases of, uh, let's see, here's one, Howard and Connie uh, Menger. Uh, Howard was first abducted around 10 years old, and uh, a beautiful blonde space woman just decided that he was the one to deliver a specific gene and it continued on through his life even though he had moved and he had lost a relationship with it because uh, the the trips were so frequent and that's what it was, was uh, just the sexual abduction. And he said it was, you know, the greatest he'd ever had, but it it was so uh, just sporadic that he didn't even mind it. But he just kind of thought that it was impersonal because when it came time for ejaculation, it was always into a device. Or of manual. Uh, so, in other words, they're taking, they take this 10 year old child and he's having a sexual encounter with, a, with an alien being at 10 years old? Uh, yes, through his, yeah, throughout most of his life. Uh, he later on finds um, who is this? Connie Baxter Weber. And somehow, throughout all this, they believe that she was. Uh, the sister of the alien that he was having these relations with. The sister um, of the alien? Yeah. <laughs> How do you find that out, though? How do you know that? Uh, somehow when they operate, uh, they do operate on, you know, a different transcendence plane, and they seem to have very different, uh, I guess, morals, you would say, uh, one of the things the Pleiadians have, they say they practice the difference between uh, sex and sensual cultivation. Uh, they talk about, we kind of see this here on Earth in, in terms of like polyfidelity. Uh, you can, you know, be married to somebody, but still be your own individual self. And in the moment, uh, say, introduce a new partner or, or, or many partners on either side. 
they don't really have much of a need for materialistic things, so their complete focus is on getting into a higher spiritual level and understanding the difference between what you need to complete yourself as a whole aside from somebody else, say, on just a sexual level or on an emotional level for simply uh, a certain amount of time. Uh, so for say this, that but in this it, case, every time he ejaculated, it seems as though it was still done under the premise of connecting, or sorry, collecting genetic material, right? Yes. Uh, is it always that way, or does it sometimes yeah, it is it is. sometimes just a wonderful sexual experience, and that's it? Uh, for the ma- for the males, it mostly seems to be that way in the device. Uh, the females are they're more for taking of the egg and their surrogate. There was a case of a uh, woman in California that gave birth to a stillborn blue webbish humanoid after she was reportedly gang raped by uh, reptilian humanoid uh, beings. So she was gang raped by two humanoid beings. Uh, multiple, they said. Uh, oh, really? In in four, what contact? Uh, on the beach, and I guess that was that was the matter of the business. The uh, pregnancy was confirmed by her doctor, but the uh, being was born still. So, did they have like photographs of the of the infant, or like how do you know that these people aren't just crack ass crazy? Uh, see, that's the thing, and that's what I thought, too, when I had uh, take, taken on one case just in a pro bono. It, yeah, what, how is this person really right? In this, the, like, you how know, do you know that they're not case. just hallucinating this? <laughs> yeah, you do rule out, uh, you know, medical diagnosis, uh, things like that, any conditions, uh, you know, in other cases, if they can submit to a polygraph, that's nice. Uh, witnesses, a lot of times, like Travis Wall and everything, it's you, you, they, the abductees do have the marks, and you can genuinely see and sense that something happened to them that you know they really believe, and it is bothering them. They're not trying to uh, add to the story; they're trying to understand the story. Right, and it's more, and in that case, I would imagine hypnosis comes into play too. Yes, uh, the regressive hypnosis can be very useful, uh, though I've seen it have a lot more traumatic backlashes, though I think in the end the mind will, un- you know, deal with it and unlock it itself. So, okay, so now we have these people who we're figuring are in some way having these sexual encounters, not necessarily, or is it always genetic? a genetic purpose could it not just be um just a spiritual thing and not have the genetic issue come in with it yeah yeah the, yeah it goes it goes that way too that there's uh there's another race out there that's simply to study how we respond to uh, cataclysmic events uh there are those that or simply to study human behavior, including all aspects of sexuality. I mean, we humans do the same thing to pretty much every animal <laughs> and inanimate object. That's true. We do. We tend to poke and prod just as much as everyone else seems to poke and prod. <laughs> 
that's really I, I i just this is incredibly interesting to me and yet at the same time very difficult to believe that they are that intertwined in our day-to-day life so when we get into something such as a xenomorph fetish which is based on the movie alien so you see how i'm saying Someone who's into the xenomorph fetish, which is going to be sex with that particular alien in this case, and the feeling of being impregnated, how do we know that that's not just... So you see how that's kind of like a cosplay thing. How yeah. do we know that all this other stuff is actually going on? You see what I mean? It's like it, it's so... They're both very similar but yet one is real and one isn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a deal. I'm looking at, you know, Geiger's work, and they kind of said toward the end that's all it had, you know, about turn to was, you know, just that. Uh, we really don't know. Uh, if the government's holding it, they're really holding it close. Uh, but if all this information is leaking out, you know, what's the deal with adding on to the fairy tale? <laughs> True, but I'm the type of person that wants to know actual fact. So the fact is we have people who are being impregnated, who are delivering, in this case, or in in many cases, stillborn fetuses. Is that right? Yeah. How is it that this Uh, doesn't reach the news? uh, So if if I just gave birth to a blue baby that's all webbed, why wouldn't that hit the news? Well, the uh, the Majestic 12 and a lot of people keep that under wraps. Uh, there is a, a legitimate branch of the government that does this kind of work, uh, although they are the men in black. Uh, there are many and by the way, people, just so you know, men in black are real. I have had encounters with them, so... There's a lot of things. I could tell you stories, you guys, that would curl your hair, but it's not about anything to do with the sexual impregnation or anything. But, yeah, Uh, MIBs are real. They do exist, and they are creepy as hell. I haven't seen a race that will qualify for the, uh, you know, Geiger alien, uh, but there are are races that have been rumored to have... uh, more than two genders. One has more than eight said to have the ability to reproduce with no matter what gender. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, being that they seem to be so diverse from humanoid to reptilian to whatever a gray is, uh, there was one reported of a mantis figure, so it seems that there is that possibility of something like, you know, the ovipositor, excuse me, and something of Geiger's works out there. Uh, and what does Geiger you know, believe? Tell everybody what Geiger believes, like what what his research was primarily involving. You know, I don't know. He just looked at some kind of a biomechanical, uh, I guess, extraterrestrial grinds for that movie. And it's here's something that's kind of interesting off of that is, uh, you know, we've heard of the uh, alien implants. And uh, when they've 
there was uh was it Roger Lear, I believe was the implant doctor that had removed about seventeen until he died uh, about last year. Uh my background is in chemistry, uh metallurgy and semiconductors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh they did a metallurgical analysis of some of these implants and they were just astounding that they were silicone and metallic based in layers but when they were trying to be removed they would actually shift position within the abductee so in other words so, it was as if they were an actual life form moving out of the way yeah it would readjust itself and they said he said that they're not tracking devices they still don't know what they are that it was odd that he was, uh, you can see a live footage of him in the upper hand room and he's digging around and he's just having a hard time. He said, it's actually moving on me away from the tweezers. And I thought, you know, that's really weird. Uh, I remember, you know, everything started in Roswell. The Roswell incident, uh, Marcel talked about bringing home the uh, alloy that would crumple and uh, regain Mm -hmm. its composure. When I took some nanotechnology courses, we were, they were showing us the latest in memory silicone metals and things. So it's like, even if that stuff is fake, we're certainly putting a lot of effort into making science fiction science fact. Well, do we think that it's possible that the the fact that they are walking among us is also to make sure that we don't destroy ourselves? Do we know that they have any kind of sort of humanitarian reason for walking around besides genetics? I believe the fact that we're still alive says something. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. So there's there's rumored to be uh, a group of races called the Council of Five, and one of them is uh, the Greys and uh, two species, and then there's the uh, Pleiadians, uh, Telosians, and some others. So it's their their history is they say that they've been watching us before uh, extraterrestrials have manipulated us. And okay, then, so they were uh, observing before they actually infiltrated. Yeah, the story goes that uh, the Council of Five was watching us because another group, uh, call that off the bat, but uh, many other groups, there's I think about six nowadays that are in control for Earth, be it territory or be it that we were genetically engineered to be as slaves for them, for mining and a, a future conditioning of their DNA to carry on. Others have said that, you know, it's they have uh, potential. So there are those that are monitoring us, and those are the more friendly ones. Unfortunately, it looks like history has said that uh, our government didn't really make a pact with those. And it, it seems kind of interesting to me that you there seems to be more stories with female entities sexually... Um, engaging with male humans more so than the other way around. Is that right? Like there's less there's less male aliens playing around with females, or am I wrong on that? It does kind of seem that way. It does seem like uh, women are more used and harvested and uh, males kind of get more of it. Like, I'm thinking from a pleasure standpoint. If we're looking at it from alien sex being a um, loving, very 
sort of taking you to another plane sort of thing, the women don't seem to get that, whereas the men do, obviously, because they want them to ejaculate. They're going to try and make it magical. And with the women, it just seems to be primarily harvesting. Um, for the most part, I'm looking at one here. There was a Jane Murphy from uh, Bristol in West Yorkshire. Uh, she recounts an abduction of uh, being raped, yet uh, she says, all I can remember through those gigantic black eyes is it seems so strange laying on top of the stranger and enjoying it. It was the best sex she ever had. Oh, <laughs> okay. So they are out there then. Even struggled. Yeah, and and it's real different, different and difficult because it. Some of them, like there was one called uh, my Saturn lover, from another uh, more pleasurable woman's perspective. Uh, it almost looked like I, I saw the book briefly, and it just it looked like a cheap romance novel at the grocery store. But it's it, it's a matter of digging and getting to see what hasn't changed. Uh, yeah. So, what are some of the others? So the case files that you actually have that prove that this is going on, that you, that these people have been interviewed and have been found to be credible? None. <laughs> That's the None thing. of these you know, people have been so, found to be credible? Uh, well, I mean, they, they've lived up through uh, lie detector tests, witness testimony. Uh, they, you know, their stories continue to be the same. But as far as the government coming out and saying it, I think the closest... Oh, the government will never do it. I'm saying MUFON. Yeah. Uh, MUFON, um, I don't have access to those files anymore because I'm not a member. Mm -hmm. But they do have different levels of archives and research things you can go through. Everything is just through channels and authors. Uh, You know, Jim Mars is good. Uh, Whitley Strieber, I believe, deals more with... uh, something of the counseling nature of abductees. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Travis Walton's another one. And Travis actually, and Travis is like one of the originals as well, as well as Whitley. Yeah. Yeah. And Betty and Barney Hill. and But all of those that you hear about are terrifying. They're not pleasurable sexual experiences. These people are absolutely beyond terrified, right? Like right. Travis doesn't sit there and go, "Yeah, it was great, it was pleasurable." He, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, it, it just shows that if we're not alone, we're really not alone because we have some people saying, "Well, this wasn't so bad," or. I got a tour uh, of, a, of a spacecraft and, you know, a T-shirt. But who's going to believe me either way, good or bad? I got a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I went on this uh, UFO and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, good or bad, who's really going to believe? And, and you know, a lot of them, some have even returned, you know, retracted on their statements after being so long that, it, you know, it's just torn them apart. And so, okay, so we know that the, the xenomorph alien was a creation of Geiger, right? Yes. Okay, so it's not real, right? No, I think, you know, I looked a little bit more, and it's an offshoot into the furry, I believe. 
Went to the furries. Oh, it was an offshoot of a furry? Yeah. Somewhere I had Oh, that's that. interesting. Digging around, and I guess, you know, in the cosplay and furries, that's, I guess that's the weird one. <laughs> I guess that's the weird kid. But, uh, yeah, I had, and I had looked in at Pinterest, there's, you know, a couple of gals with some tiger models just having, you know, playtime on the bed, nothing serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other ones, so it's, Somehow it stems from the human nature of showing affection for, you know, something. Uh, be it we hug a puppy, be it we have a partner of, you know, whatever gender. Somehow mm-hmm. it seems that there's this understanding to, you know, to take our expression of love on a different level and something that we understand and, and try to relate. And really we're just doing that to make ourselves feel better. Because maybe if we if we liken it to puppies and stuff and, and we liken it that way, it's not quite so bad. Yeah, I mean, I thought I was talking to Paint and Breaks, you know, and I said, uh, she said, here you go, and was teasing me some pictures. And I said, yeah, I said, not really my forte. I said, but I said, I'll up the day and cool. That's fine. Uh, I don't know, it's just, huh. People have reported, you know, having sex with spirits, good and bad. Yes, I've heard that as well. That that's what I wanted to discuss on another show is this whole you know, raped by a ghost kind of a thing, which of course we know can happen. Do do you think actually Literatrix just brought this up in the chat room. Do aliens make humans orgasm? Oh yes. So they, yes, cause, uh, that's been, pretty much when you're doing a sexual encounter with an alien, it's all the aliens doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, reports have stemmed from you know the more personal, painful devices to uh, the manual stimulation on on the good side, but there always seems to be that uh, forced orgasm element. Some have you know said like you know uh, Travis Walton that wasn't pleasurable, that wasn't fun. Uh, oh yeah. So is it is it a situation where they're actually manually stimulating, say, let's take an, a male, for example. They're actually manually stimulating the penis, or is this all mind-fucking? Uh, manual stimulation as well as mind. And is there penetration with a female alien from a human male? Yes. Uh, a lot of the species uh, humanoids are some of the reproduct most of them are the reproductive systems are similar it's when you get into the grays and the reptilians that it's a lot different that they actually don't even have reproductive organs but I was just going to say that I thought grays and them didn't even as far as I knew had no sexual organs at all yeah I mean there's cloned ones and then there's the uh, the solopsies uh, but yeah, there's there's you know full contact. <laughs> so do the aliens? Literatrix also wants to know: Do the aliens see it as rape? I don't imagine they would, because that's coming from a moral aspect, right? If it's a good alien, they're gonna want the consent. There have there have been a few cases from Brazil where one had declined 
uh, the encounter and was instead given a tour of the ship because uh, he, he, he conveyed that he had a family and was a family guy. And uh, they said, well, okay, you know, there's other subjects. Really? See, now I have it in my yeah. head that you just sit there and, you know, they basically do what they want to do and just take what they want to take and that they're not that um, nice. Yeah, depending on the species, it's, you know, more of the Nordics, uh, the greys, they're more of the uh, bad experiences. And like you said, that's pretty much what we hear about because the rest just seems, well, you know, who's, you're out of your mind having sex with a man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind having bad sex with an alien. And so what's the what's the alien's end game? If it's just a uh, sexual encounter, is it is it that it's pleasing for them too? Or is it that it's always a genetic end game? It almost does seem a genetic end game because even on the more pleasurable experiences They've been abducted later on to have been shown not only the uh, extraterrestrial that they engaged with, but also children, an extended family, and in a few cases, even clones of themselves. And that would usually be the final contact. Joel's got a good question here. Is there an aura or... Hold on one second. Let me find it. Where'd we go, Joel? Is there an aura or dimensional aspect to the genome? In other words, is, is orgasm needed for truly intact DNA collection, or is that is, is it possible that they're just giving you the orgasm just to make you happy? Uh, on the good side, it's more on the good abductions. It seems to be more of all all encompassing of the uh, aura and the energy planes. The more advanced species understand those dimensions and uh, like the Pleiadians, the Pleiadians uh, register in, in sexual energies as well as whereas the darkers, it's more of a signal to become a, a target. So, so now, uh, so in Literatrix, this is actually a really good point here. Do they see us as their equals or as animals? I would imagine some of them see us as like little test subject animals, which would be the greys doing their thing. But say the Pleiadians probably look at us more as equals, right? Um, yeah, actually, uh, although equal, they do still acknowledge as being from a primate species, though uh, distant relative and cousins. But yeah, a mix of equal, but you know, they still they still claim that we're still from a primate species. Right. So we're still considered low on the totem pole. It's like we would be like a chimp. Yeah. As opposed to a full-fledged human being. In other words, they are more evolved. They are more, they are, I like to say better than us, but I get, you know, it's like they're more evolved than we are. Right. Uh, uh, there have been uh, some others, like they have said on Mars, uh and I think, who else was it? Another great species had been at our level of uh, civilization, but went ahead and pushed their little nuclear buttons, and, well, now we blew themselves up. Across. <laughs> yeah, so go. now they're trying to say, you know, guys, don't do this. And, you know, there have been many cases of uh, interference like that on that level. 
Well, and it's funny that so you should say that, that furries are sort of the origin of xenomorphs in the first place. Um, I'm very. This is. I have a interview here with the gentleman who started the company Primal Hardware, and um, well, I'll let him tell you. We're going to be right back with Andy. I'm going to let you guys listen to the gentleman who created Primal Hardware. We'll be right back. I'm very excited, you guys, because we have with us today Lone Wolf, the owner of Primal Hardware. Hello. Hello, hello, Lone Wolf. How are you doing? I'm splendid. How are you? Excellent, eh? So, here's the thing. You guys make some very interesting sex toys. Well, thank you. We try. And it's apropos with what we're going to be discussing on this show. So, what sort of things do you... Well, let's let's start out here. You you make sex toys. You make dildos and things such as... Things like dildos. Right. We'll get into what in a minute. What got you into this? Oh, that's... uh. Well, it's not a terribly long story. I basically started out with a um, with an interest in special effects, and after dealing with some of the materials and really not wanting to move to Hollywood to make a career of it, you know, I just figured sex sells, and I'm using a lot of the same materials that would be used for the sex industry anyway. So, um, you know, and pretty much I'm ruled by my crotch anyway. So <laughs> it wasn't a far stretch. <laughs> hey, at least you admit it. Most guys won't. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I have I have no no shame. You shouldn't. There's nothing. You should not. Nobody should have shame. It's ridiculous to have shame. Just enjoy who you are and what you do. That's right. So that's right. So what are actually some of the people were asking me? What are some of the materials that you're using for these? Because it's primarily dildos. Like mostly, what you're doing are certain types of dildos. Correct. In a sense, yeah. Standard dildos, like actually solid dildos, are the least of what we sell. Um, Oh yeah, I agree. We haven't really touched on what kind of dildos. (laughs) (laughs) In the sense that they go in you, sure. Um, yes, exactly. But yeah. they're not standard male genitalia. That is not what we're discussing here. Actually, what we're discussing is several things. In the context of the show that we're doing on aliens and impregnation and things like that, and the whole xenomorph fetish, you make ovipositors. Right. So explain what an ovipositor is. Well, um, to, to answer your first question, I'll skip over it. Uh, the, okay. the vast majority of our toys are, are platinum silicone. They're a body-safe grade silicone which is, uh, it's nice because it's easy to warm up. You can boil them to uh, to clean them. You can throw them in a dishwasher. I know that's a little weird, but a lot of people do that. No, it's not, actually. That was one of the key selling points when I used to have my sex shop. Uh, yep. Key selling points was having as much silicone as you can for that reason. And honestly, putting your silicone toys in the dishwasher is smart because you're sterilizing them. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're really easy to clean. And uh, as far as um, ovipositors and, and xenomorph fetish and such, uh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a couple out. We're coming out with some new ones. They're basically for anybody that's interested in uh, alien egg impregnation. If you've seen movie Aliens, you get the idea. So these are alien phallic-shaped dildos. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do we know what an alien dick looks like? Well, we don't. That's what's uh, that's what's nice about this genre. You can be as creative as you'd like because. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so you can just kind of. Let your imagination run wild and go, this is what I think it would be like. Absolutely. So when we're talking alien impregnation, you also create these the eggs that go, because there's an egg that actually goes into the ovipositors, right? Yes, but we don't make them. Oh, okay. Who makes them? You would. Or the customer. Oh, cool. Uh, We we provide egg molds, and we 
recommend using plain gelatin to make the eggs. The idea is if they get stuck in you, they melt. But at the same time, do we know gelatin's okay? We're not doctors, so we can't say what's what's safe legally. But mm-hmm. um, I can say that I've I've done this for years. Uh, a lot of our customers have done this for years, and so far, so good. I mean, there hasn't been any issues. Uh, the key to it is using plain gelatin, not anything with sugars or dyes. Definitely not Jello. <laughs> Please don't use Jello, you guys. You don't want the yeah. sugar inside your vaginas and and your asses. Seriously. No, you're asking for yeast infections and other unwanted things. Yes, not good. We don't want sugar. No, but so you're you just using the plain gelatin with the mold, then you put the 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 egg into the ovipositor. How do you how do you get it to come out? Uh, you basically squeeze it up. We're actually working on a uh, an insertion tool to help push it up through the toy right now. Uh, oh, cool. We've we've actually got it out already. It's just uh, not on the site yet, but we'll we'll be releasing that shortly. But typically, you would just kind of shove it into the bottom of the toy. The toy is like a hollow tube with kind of a funnel shaped bottom, and uh, you would just kind of squeeze it up the tube like you would a tube of toothpaste until it pops out the end. And so it won't lose its shape. It's while you're squeezing, it's not going to fall apart. Uh, if you make the eggs uh, firm enough, we have we have a recipe for making fairly firm gelatin eggs. They come out like um, kind of like a firm gummy bear. They're actually oh, fairly cool. fairly resilient. I mean, you can drop and probably them doesn't them. melt all that quickly, so it's probably easier to get them out, right? Yeah, they actually they actually do melt pretty quick. Oh, do they? With body heat and moisture, they do. They don't last a terribly long time. I'd say within like ten minutes, they're mostly liquid. And what about the tentacles? Tell me about the tentacles. We wanted to make something that was more along the lines of, you know, some something hentai fetish sort of thing. We hadn't seen many long-type dildos, anything that, uh, you know, could be wrapped around you or anything like that. I mean, they, they, there's double dongs that are a couple feet long. Right. Tentacles are three feet and longer. I mean, clearly, you may not want to put that whole thing inside you, but they're good for fetish play and, and stuff like that. You can wrap them around you. You can... Pretend you're getting tentacle raped. I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're like. Well, that's. I mean, that's essentially the whole point of the whole xenomorph fetish, right? Is that you are being taken over by an alien? Yeah, and I don't mean to say that. You, uh, you know, I, of course, I don't. You know, condone rape or anything like that. But there plenty of people with uh, with non consensual fetishes and things. And they want to be taken by an alien creature or by tentacles or whatever else, and uh, we're happy to oblige. And that's just, uh, honestly, that's just a natural part of submission. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who may be freaked out by the word rape, it is consensual. It is not what you're thinking. It's not brutality. It's nothing like that. It's right. it's more of a loss of control. Right. I mean, real rape is not a good thing. but No, obviously. No, it's ridiculous. And the safety of your own home, that's... Whatever you want to do, yeah, absolutely. Now, here's another thing that you guys do, is you have animal dildos. Yes, Explain to me how you got into that. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's a huge demand for that because, again, that's one of the more taboo fetishes. Yeah, uh, again, in our desire to do something a little different and risque, you know, no one ever made a mark doing anything normal. So <laughs> we we kind of wanted to get into something that was a little more taboo. And, you know, personally, I have a lot of friends in the furry culture and, uh, you know, I go to a lot of furry conventions and things. I'm into cosplay and stuff like that. So it's it's not necessarily... I mean, I guess it could be on the zoophilic side, but at the same time, it's more about the cosplay of it, Mm -hmm. which is why we have things like, you know, werewolf models that are more anthropic. Well, and that's what I was looking at. I mean, you've got all, you've got all kinds of them. And I was wondering if you were into the furry culture simply because of what I was seeing on here. I've been in, uh, yeah, I've been involved in furry culture and stuff, but, uh, 
Primal hardware, I, the vision I have for Primal is that I want to encompass a lot of different genres and fetishes. I don't want to cater to any one particular group. So we mm -hmm. do both the furry toys. also have the hentai toys and the xenomorph toys. And uh, and we're going to be branching out. Um, right now we're working on uh, pup play gear and stuff, which ironically can be quite different from furry. I know this. So, yeah, what is that? Uh, pup play is for uh, people that like to dress and act as dogs or be treated as, as puppies or dogs and be trained. It's it's a, it's almost, um, a lot of times it's a form of submission. Um, mm -hmm. I am a little bit out of my element here. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm teasing you. I already know about it, but I was just saying if you wanted to expand on it. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are into it, but um, mm -hmm. it's a bit new to me. So there's I, puppy I, play and there's pony play. Now, you do yeah. have a horse dildo, do you not? Yes, yes. Yes, uh, you're Clyde, right? Well, actually. Yep, there's the Clyde and the naysayer. Uh, the Clyde being the larger of the two. And then you have the Growler. Yep. Which is a... And the Growler is what? Oh, that's a wolf-shaped phallus. And when, what's Naysayer? Uh, the Naysayer is a smaller horse version. Okay. And Fluffer? Uh, Fluffer is a smaller canine that's, uh, we, we had a lot of, uh, call for something a bit smaller. The Growler is kind of large, so we did a fox version of it. Oh, so Fluffer's the fox? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what's Pride? Pride is a cat-shaped phallus. So now, okay. Obviously, you've got to create a mold for these things, which means that you are sculpting these, right? Yep. So, what are you going by? Well, a lot of times, because they're fantasy, we will look up, like, what the animal actually looks like. But then mm -hmm. we also browse uh, artwork and stuff and, and see what the, what the culture is that we're catering to, what, what people like. So, we get ideas from, from people's artworks and such. Uh, we, we don't rip off anything directly, of course. We're not going to say, oh, I like... No, but it's going to give an exaggeration almost, in okay. some cases, to whatever the phallic is, or right. phallus is. Right, and that's exactly it. And that's obviously something, if you see it a lot in, say, the cartoons and stuff, which I have to admit, some of the artwork in the furry community is absolutely stunning. So there are some very talented artists. Yes. Unbelievably talented artists. So, you know, taking a little piece from this picture and a little piece from this picture, I can see why it would be it would make sense to do that. Yeah, you get the idea of what the what the culture likes. And uh we try to do that. And now I'm not a big pusher of bestiality. I think in my personal opinion, let's leave the animals alone. <laughs> and this is the reason why you go to primal hardware. Simply because why not use something you can get the same thing it's going to look relatively the same you can and actually you can get all different colors right yes absolutely we can customize pretty much anything patterns are sometimes a little bit difficult but we can even color match if you we've been given pictures before that somebody drew and said hey you know i really like this character can you make this color and and we'll do that uh we That's can make it amazing. dark we have metallics we've got uh all different things we can do and now you see you've, you've also got masks here is that something new uh, fairly new. We introduced a, a half pup mask not too long ago, and I've actually got a, a full uh, wolf hood that is done and ready. We just haven't uh, posted it yet, but that'll be coming out shortly. And uh, that's part of the, the pup play stuff that we want to get into in the gear. Yep. The, uh, the the pup half mask is interesting because it has a built-in mouth gag, so when you wear it, it actually holds your mouth open. The, the people that we've had try it out really liked it because it, it causes your the sub that's wearing it, um, you know, almost like uncontrollable drooling, and it, of course, it leaves your mouth open for reasons. And uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because because obviously you can't close your mouth to properly swallow, so it's going to leave you in that position. Right. And what's nice about it is 
being silicone, it's uh, very easy to clean, but also it's a little bit flexible. So it's not like having a hard uh, plastic or metal gag in your mouth. You can actually relax your jaw a little bit and even nibble a little bit, which mm-hmm. is, is good to relax the jaw. It's very comfortable to wear. Of course, since your sub can nibble a little bit, sometimes it's uh, a little nicer for the dom as well. And harnesses. Yes. Yep. And these are really nice. I can even just tell by looking at them. They are really nicely made harnesses. Oh, thank you. Yep. They look a, beautiful. We've got a nice rivet, riveting system that we use, and uh, we've got different colored rivets. We can customize the harnesses as well. Sometimes people will send us an email and say, hey, can you put D-rings over here to attach this and that? And and we can do all that. We can completely customize them. They're a very heavy grade of nylon. They're uh, they're actually fairly weighty, which is, is nice. It gives a nice feeling of quality to them. Well, they've got the nice buckles on them and everything too. So you can, and the, the, there's quick snap buckles too. You don't have to sit there, yeah, very tying something up and doing, yeah, like you don't have to do that. It's fast, very easy to adjust, and we we put a lot of material into them as well. So even if you're a larger person or whatever, we can most most of our harnesses will fit. I was going to say, so if someone say someone is larger, and what about what about it, with all the the dildos that you have? And wearables, when you're thinking about keeping them on, have you got actual harnesses to use for the dildos themselves? Fortunately, not yet. It's actually something that we've had a lot of requests for, and we're looking into it. We're trying to decide if it's worth us making them, outsources, outsourcing the making of them, or simply carrying a pre-existing one. A line, yeah. yeah there, there are a bunch out there that, that work really well. And typically we recommend the type, I don't know if you've seen the type with a triangular patch in the front with uh, mm-hmm. with replaceable rubber O-rings. Yep. We prefer that kind because where some of our toys do have knots and stuff where you have to stretch something over them, the rubber O-rings tend to work better with our wearables and they're adjustable for size because a lot of our wearables are different sizes. So I'll throw it out there until you get them. You guys can use sports sheets because they have the ones with the adjustable O-rings. Ah, thank you. <laughs> yes, it's and very well made too. I I really enjoyed sports sheet stuff. Like they're they've got really well made stuff too. So if you're going to get a harness for these, go with sports sheet. That's that's good to know because um, I haven't had anybody give us an actual name brand that they prefer. Oh, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> write down sports sheet seriously, and they they will work with you too. I'm quite sure that they would come up with a line for you, no problem. That's excellent. That's that's good. We might look into that. Is there anything else you have to tell everybody about your insanely cool business? We, we didn't touch on the wearables. I would like to mention that those are okay. unique to the market because the we can't change the, the dimensions of the outside of the wearable, but we can customize the inside for the wearer. So if you're a male... And, of course, males come in different sizes, and right. so do the insides of our wearables. So we can customize the length to fit you. We offer open and closed tips so that you can... You know, that fluids will either pass you can actually or they won't. ejaculate in that case. So that would be kind of cool. Yeah. And, um, I mean, some people don't want that. I think they stay on better without that feature because the suction actually holds it to you better. But if you're using a harness or whatever, that, that would hold it on to you pretty well anyway. So, so it wouldn't matter. Yeah, and a lot of people do like the ejaculation feature. But we can we can customize those to be either open or closed tip and adjust the, the length to the wearer. So you can pretty much customize anything that you're creating for anybody's taste. Within reason, yeah. A lot of people will say, well, can you make it longer? Can you make it, you know, wider? We can't really 
we can't really do that to the outer dimensions because that's that's, that's the mold. You can't really yeah. You would have to create a new mold all the time. Yeah, and that's a long, expensive process. That's not just oh, a, yeah. oh yeah, sure, we'll do this for you. Uh, it would have to be for production, and we would have to have enough demand, demand. to make it. And yeah. yeah. But you'll do color. You'll do, you know, the the harness obviously is going to fit bigger people. That's awesome. And those are easy to, to customize, yeah. Because they're, they're, really, they're, they're really funky and different. And I know that there's a lot of people that are into all of this. Now, understand, you guys, when you're looking up Primal Hardware, don't look it up the usual way. <laughs> Think Werewolf. <laughs> It's Primal Hardware, W-E-R-E. And I will have links up on the website, and you guys can just hop over here and go crazy and get all your funky toys. So there's going to be no worries about you finding Primal. Thank you very much. Well, i got to tell you, thank you, Lone Wolf. I really do appreciate it because a lot of people are afraid to talk. <laughs> yeah, and um, and we're very friendly and open and, and discreet. So if anybody ever wants to drop us a line, most of the emails are answered by myself. I, I do have a couple of other people in the shop that occasionally answer emails, but usually it's me, and the emails go right to my phone. Uh, I'm known for answering emails at 2 in the morning if I'm still up. Um, oh, yeah, you answered me like lightning fast. I was like, yeah, oh, typically, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, typically, if it's a fairly straightforward message or, or question, I'm usually answering emails within minutes unless I'm unless I'm driving or like on the toilet or something, usually I am answering the phone. I am answering the emails right off as soon as I get them. So don't be shy is what you're saying. Absolutely. Because you've heard it all and you've created a lot of very yeah. taboo things. So you've you heard it all. Us. So don't worry about it. If you do this for a living, you're not going to freak us out. Well, thank you, Lone Wolf. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. So that was Lone Wolf from Primal Hardware. And... Honestly, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. If you're into xenomorph fetish and want to start, you know, want to pick up one of the um, ovipositor dildos, and he has the egg molds that come with it. He's got everything under the sun. Like I said, if you are into any kind of um, zoophilia, obviously bestiality, I would rather you guys play with the dildos than play with real animals for obvious reasons. So definitely hit up Primal Hardware for any of your taboo fun stuff. They're just like he was just saying, they're getting into puppy play and pony play. So they've got everything you need. So we are back with Andy. Hi, Andy. Oh. <laughs> you just sound so quiet. Yeah, I'm sweating that out here going through... Uh some of the resources. I don't know why my all week long my iPad has just been pushing, and now it's like I can only have two windows open on Twitter. Uh, I did tweet uh, one of the sources I'm looking at is uh, classifiedufo.com. Uh, you can go ahead and do a search for uh, alien sexual abductions or something along that nature. Uh, these are some of the most notable cases. Uh, uh, one of them is actually very public, though it's not a sexual encounter. It does show uh, a bit of the appeal uh, of said extraterrestrials uh, case here is of a uh, George Adamski who met Dolores Barros and the Venetians. And the picture, I believe, is from 1957. And it, it's reminiscent of the scene in Men in Black 3 with the uh, Andy Warhol agent and his models. Mm-hmm. Where it's, I'm looking at this picture of this supposed uh, 
the nation, and they were in, in the public view and exposed, uh, you know, in daylight, just like the rest of us. Uh, they were kind of outed at uh, an art exhibit, I believe Adamski was uh, doing, and, and an interview with uh, this Dolores uh, woman, and she had a, two uh, gentleman acquaintances. Uh, let's see. Uh, Donald Morand and a Bill Jackmart, who claimed to be musicians. Uh, Dolores had been uh, pushed and questioned about whether she was the uh, Venetian portrayed in, in uh, Adamski's art. And after, you know, kind of pushing people away, she was frightened by, by a photographer's flash and uh, was later seen running into the forest and her two fellow uh, musician friends uh, went after her. And shortly after that, uh, the abduction uh, phenomenon occurred of a craft and light uh, whisking them away and to never be seen again. Uh, And this was Dolores and the two musicians? Yeah. Uh, Dolores, Barros, and the Venetians, D-A-R-R-I-O-S. You know, this is a documented of the Venetian, so it's apparently Venetian, you know, Venus has its civilizations, Mars has its civilizations, uh, Saturn is So they were actually civilized. Venus and Mars were at some point occupied, for sure. Uh, Yes. Uh, Like in the case with Mars, they still say that there are obviously the underground uh, facilities, but biodomes that exist on the surfaces. Um. Why is there no trace of that now? Why why would we not see the biodome? NASA is owned by the government. NASA is nothing more than a front. I was reading up some uh, some articles, and uh, this guy had talked about NASA, and he said all the space race was was our Nazi scientists are better than your Nazi scientists. Uh, there's a couple of cases of live feeds from the International Space Station where UFOs have been spotted and they cut quickly. But mostly everything is carefully edited and photoshopped out and over. They do a really good job. But like I said, you know, if nothing's real, why keep adding to the fairy tale? Well, and and the end game for the government not telling us any of this is what, lack of control? Yes. Uh, digging further into the research, the outlandish claim like in, uh, in ancient uh, astronaut theory, alien, you know, the alien astronaut theory is that Jesus was an alien. Now, as blasphemous as I've felt that about Jesus it. Jesus was an alien? Uh, yes. They, they're saying somewhere within the Nazarene lines, uh-huh. they're, uh, they're starting to see in DNA structures that a human lineages has become has become more Scandinavian featured, and uh, they're talking about him being from a race. And when he said that to love your brothers of a, of a different city, that that's what he had meant uh, in uh, Jim Mars's alien agenda. It sticks with me that he had interviewed an extraterrestrial and asked about why all this had happened. And the uh, alien, I believe it was, a, it was a, you know, one of the friendly graves, the Solopsies, he said, uh, there are sheep not of this pen. He quoted that Bible scripture. And he said, uh, although they visit, they're not 
allowed to interfere. So it's we kind of look at that. Well, demons weren't supposed to interfere, and theory they went ahead and did. You know, people aren't supposed to interfere. Things pretty much kind of happen. Wow! Holy crap! Like yeah, this is and, it's, uh, what blows my mind with all of this is you never really hear any of the documentaries or anything getting this deep into it where you know Jesus was an alien or you know that they that they are able to see in the DNA that something is a little squinky because obviously this isn't just straight up human DNA there's other DNA involved it, you don't hear about this they don't I don't understand why it is that we're not getting more documentaries about this stuff. Again, is it because everyone's being shut down? Oh, yes. Uh, best case, uh, Phil Schneider, a uh, geologist that created some a lot of the underground cavern systems in the 60s and 70s that had the encounter in, in the uh, Dulce facility, which is, you know, just pure evil. If the uh, smuggled photos or anything to convey what's going on there, it's just they're keeping it under wraps. And uh, the Roswell movie with uh, Martin Sheen is about the best that I can tell to be accurate as to what really happened at Roswell. And the formation of the Majestic 12 Committee has done really well. Uh, I mean, you know, Russia has the uh, Alien Race book cataloging around 82 uh, known species. Uh, We have a a photocopy of a supposed... Majestic 12 Operator's Handbook on How to Handle Encounters. Uh, I know for a fact, though, that there is, I'm thinking it's Chapter 7 or 9, in any police or fire emergency responders' uh, handbook, there's a brief section to talk about how to deal with we ever do come across a close encounter or make contact. And it basically states, notify your chain of command and stay away at all costs. And that's pretty much the deal with all of them unless they're at a facility and even then there's been uh, internal fights between our government and the Greys and our treaties. So there there were treaties and everything made with the Greys, was there not? Because there, is that not what's going on in the underground bunkers in the Southwest that there is actually um, aliens living in the bunkers allegedly doing stuff for the government, Correct. Not so much. It, 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 that's the part of it. Is yeah, they're they are in the Dulce facility. They are in uh, Area 51, other facilities. They're also the races that have sought refuge in underground cavern systems from Australia and and Carlsbad. Uh, but as far as facilities go, it is uh, a trade off of. We'll give you some of our technology if you let us study. So the government said, okay, so many abductions and some livestock. Make sure they don't remember anything. And uh, watching the latest X-Files, I never did watch the original series, but these last six, for some reason, got them pretty straight on. That nowadays in ufology, it's, and I've seen a couple cases go through MUFON where it's, people aren't being abducted just by supposed extraterrestrials. They're having uh, these similar experiments done to them and are not seeing a type of humanoid being our grave, but they're actually seeing another human being. Uh, there was even ah. one case of a uh, 
type of neuralizer of flash uh, amnesia-inducing device. So mm. it's it's very possible out there because the said things that have came from Roswell and our material world, the transistor, uh, Kevlar was supposed to have been reverse-engineered from the white suits because Kevlar is spun, and it's got a really strong bond. And I remember working with one of the crystalline chemical structures for it, the basis, uh, night vision lenses were to have been reverse engineered from it because that's going on crystals. Spatial uh, heat resistant tiles are another crystal grown thing. So it's uh, wow. some things have influenced if it's not real. And is it not possible that? Well, okay, you're always going to have negative entities. I'm. To me, I can't see everything being positive. They're, you're going to have the certain race of greys that are kind of nasty and do nasty things. But are they not working with us in some way for the most part? Uh, the good or the bad? For the good. Uh, the good. No, those are. They have their own agendas of taking over. The the good races, though. They're more of the protectors, uh, but they do work in the background, and we don't hear a lot about them. So but they're not really interfering at all? Uh, not so much interference as uh, watching over, but they do have their supposed battles. They've had their own falling outs, and while protecting Earth, they're still at war with those planets. Uh, I'm sorry, well, planets, but uh, the other six races of the greys and the reptilians that are struggling for control. So they're also fighting that out there. And we're seeing, you know, why did we not go back to the moon? Well, we weren't the first ones there. Uh, a new disclosure project is Solar Warden. Uh, Ronald Reagan gave, you know, several UN speeches, and that's because he was abducted at least twice and had another close encounter. Uh, mm-hmm. Nancy Reagan as well. So Star Wars was born out of uh, necessity, and like a lot of old-timers think that it was shut down. No, it, w- it went blacklisted, and it's very well analyzed today and a lot more advanced. Okay, Ange wants to know what you think of Prometheus. I had watched that, and I hear that it was supposed to be the origins of uh, aliens. I thought it was pretty good. I always put my money on Predator, though. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> ah, predator, you guys. <laughs> predator. I love the Predator. So we take Predator over the Xenomorph? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I got it. <laughs> You're you're definitely a predator man. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some other some other really cool stories that you have that involve the alien sex thing and the impregnation thing? Uh here's one. Uh Elizabeth uh Claire claimed to have been contacted by contacted by extraterrestrials between 1954 and 1963. She was one of the first women to have claimed a sexual relationship with an extraterrestrial Nordic after reading about George Adamski's flying saucers of landed in 53 and another book in 55. 
she recalled that she had been receiving telepathic messages from a friendly space alien named Akon. Uh, named Akon? Yes. Not the rapper. <laughs> Not the rapper, Sorry. but I had yeah, to go here there. we are in the 50s. Akon is a name. Uh, she was, uh, a, you know, stepped aboard a craft and was carried on to a mothership out into Earth's orbit and then to uh, Akon's home planet, uh, Miton, near uh, Alpha Centauri. Uh, I'm sure another, I hear a lot of other races have come from Alpha Centauri. Uh, and this is where she claims that they had romantic interspecies sex. She became pregnant. But was it just sex, or is it that when you say romantic, I'm thinking is she falling in love with this alien? Yes, yes. The, uh, where it goes back to the good and the bad aliens, the good aliens will always have that higher spiritual and understanding of love and what sex means and, and feelings, where the reptilian and some of the greys are actually cloned and not even of a biological functioning entity. Uh, so is that the reason why the greys have no real feeling to them? They're just basically yeah. out there doing their probes and doing whatever it is that they're doing, their science experiments and everything, and have no real regard for us because they uh, physically can't. They don't have that in them. Yes, uh, that'd be the uh, what is it, the uh, the uh, Zeta reticular gray are the bad are the bad ones. Those are the ones that do the probes and they're the emotionalists. And the Solopsy rays, well, they uh, don't really have that much of a functioning body. They're still on the being of a being a spiritual being in nature, so they understand what. Uh, you know, a love and harmony vibration means out in their dimension as well as here on Earth. That's really interesting. Like, I, I had no idea it went this deep. Yeah, uh, there's others that, have, that are said to exist on the fifth plane, which I think it's the Arcturians, where they're basically just a spiritual light ball, and, you know, when they come down to Earth, they have their gray humanoid body and different things. So it's like I, like I said, you get a, a piece of confetti and then you've done your homework and it stands true. You get a piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. and you go through and you start looking through what fits. And see what fits with it and what doesn't. Right. Right, because they know it's uh, like, the, you know, there's there's the misinformation, the disinformation, and it's just, you know, Jesus was an alien and somehow we have evidence to support it and there's, you know, an extraterrestrial body under the Vatican, and they've met with several Well, the church them. doesn't want you to know that. That just stands the same as the government. The church isn't going to want yeah. you to know that. The government isn't going to want you to know that, simply because, again, it's it's a lack of control. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we're not alone. Uh, you've lied to us. you sold us out. We don't need money anymore. Oh, my God, the Lakers lost, you know. Leo finally won the Oscar. I rioted when Leo won. Exactly. No one's going to give a shit about any of that. The other thing is the power of the church and government are going to go right down the toilet if everybody thinks that, you know, there's other ways or other species out there and other things out there. They don't want you to believe in that because that leaves you wide open to ignore them. Right. 
and they always have plans for that, and that's where it gets weird because, uh, you know, we talk about disclosure and finally getting the government to fed up for, you know, when we do make a public contact. And some of these races have said as soon as 2017 throughout uh, 2020. Uh, but, yeah, what would happen if our complete infrastructure went down the tubes? Yeah. Uh, you know, I just said, which hey, is, yeah, which is people... more than possible if people stop believing in government and in the church. Yeah, and it's a shame to look at the church because, I mean, I, I, I was raised Catholic Christian and there's another belief system that I've incorporated. You know, I told you I was two tribes native, so there's uh, that practice and feeling of the earth that's just, uh, wow, everything you ever known was not really true. We're, you know, you know we're not mm-hmm. really alone. Well, how not alone are we? Exactly. Well, and Ange was wondering, do would would aliens need to worry about human STDs? I would imagine they wouldn't, no, would a, they? Mind you, that's, I'm just that's thinking, really you know how something as simple as a virus could knock out an entire race? Something as simple that we're dealing with as, say, gonorrhea might wipe out their whole race. Uh, very good, yes. Uh, there is somewhat of a... Uh, alien STD that humans do contract, and it is legitimately recognized by the Mayo Clinic, is uh, Morgellons disease uh, discovered out in Morgellons, uh, France. really? Yes. Uh, they've finally called an investigation to it, although they kind of said that some people, it's hallucination or a nervous problem. Uh, from the pictures that I've seen and the accounts, the uh, blistered and sword area is rejecting the actual extraterrestrial DNA strand. Ah, okay. There have been many cases of this happening uh, spontaneously. There have been cases of uh, silver metallic angel hair that they've called that have been dumped over certain areas. Uh, mm-hmm. Nowadays, uh, we're believing the government to do the same process through uh, chemtrails. But, yeah, more gallons of disease it is one of them uh it, you know it just seems so weird that some can have the natural sex like the nordics and the venetians uh the males have reported that the uh female extraterrestrial vaginal lubricant has viagra like properties which last for days on end in a painful erection and state of arousal there was one on youtube that i had saw where he had talked about being visited by uh, two of the uh, Pleiades. And although the uh, two Pleiades had encountered him in bed, their agenda was sexually, was just uh, for sexual stimulation and study. They fondled him at first, but his body had rejected a lot of the touch because it being so foreign. And I thought, this guy's so full of shit. And then he showed the... the uh, more gallant disease wounds. That's like... That's uh, as far as anything else like so that, there's really... Yeah, there really hasn't been anything else like that. I mean, other than the radiation sickness from the vehicles being encountered. Right. It seems to have dropped, though, I've, I've noticed, from uh, like in the 50s and 60s and 70s, the radiations don't seem to be as permanent. Well, uh, and the other thing that I think is interesting is, is it me or is it is it that there's not as many reported sightings 
let's say sightings, okay, instead of abductions, anymore. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make this really weird point that since the advent of everyone being on their phones, no one's looking up anymore. We're all looking down. So I just it just seems like there it seems to have died off that people aren't really noticing anything that's up in the sky because nobody's looking up. Right. Or are they still coming uh, in all the time? I just I don't know. Oh, you just never hear of anything new. Uh no, there's there's a lot more. Uh there also seem to be a lot more coming out from space and the moon. Uh there's a lot on my Twitter profile and my uh paranormal account uh uh, ABB41379 and, and a lot of others on my page. If anybody just goes through, there's a lot new pictures, mass sightings, uh, so many from the International Space Station. Uh, I prefer to use a lot of the older pictures as a research material because, like I said, Photoshop makes it such a pain in the ass that you, right. you really don't know anymore. And, and ALB seven seven five actually made a good point here that there's lots of vids from cell phones on sightings because it's easier to capture. I I just if to me seemed like it had died down and everybody just keeps reporting on the same old crap like the Rendlesham Forest and you know on Betty and Barney and it's just like okay really like where's all the new stuff where's all the stuff that people should be capturing all kinds of shit because you've got a phone in your hand all the time you got a camera in your hand. Yeah, and that's the thing. It goes to the big joke. Uh, you know, there's Bigfoot, there's an alien, there's a UFO. Why do you always have the crappiest camera on the planet? <laughs> that's so true. And, you know, even as an investigator, I'm looking, and I'm like, hold that damn camera still. And can you get something without autofocus? Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> no, they, they do happen a lot, and it has been happening more. It's just that... You're right. We are just looking at our phones more, you know. Uh, Twitter, everybody's like, oh, Instagram. And I'm just like, uh, really? <laughs> I, I'm tainted with Instagram. I find Instagram to be nothing but a big negative space. I don't like it, but that's just me. Ange had a really good point. Has anybody ever been physically harmed during these sexual encounters? In other words, have it, has anyone died? I mean, we know that people have been abducted and never come back, but has there been a death or anything from this that was unexplained? Uh, yes, there have been very few, uh, just about a handful of cases of uh, abductions gone wrong and leading to mutilation. Uh, those don't seem to be from the good uh, races, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the, the bodies are left in much of the similar state and decay and use of uh, the cattle mutilations and things of that nature. Uh, Do do we know why they're doing the cattle mutilations? Is that, again, just coming from experimental research? Yeah, that's the genetic research. Uh, You know, even in the human medical field, we can use uh, cows and, I think, pig's blood uh, are mostly related to humans in times of crisis. Yeah, Uh, pigs are, Absolutely. Yeah, there there have been those three, but for some reason they do like the cows. I'm not sure. They've also had uh, some goats. Uh, when you get more into the uh, man-made manipulation aspect, uh, they use similar. Uh, maybe we can do that on a different show. That kind of came, like I said, a lot of parapsychologists and ufologists don't do both. 
But it has happened, though. They're not very pretty pictures. It's, but it is a rare occurrence. Most everything is kept underground in the, the military facilities. Uh, and then even then, through the alliance and treaties, humans aren't allowed into such set levels underground, like the Dulce incident with uh, Phil Snyder. They talk about mm-hmm. that the last 10 levels are belonging to the extraterrestrial races and not to the U.S. government. Yes, that's what I had heard. I saw that because I saw the whole the underground thing and then the different levels, and the further you go, it's more alien involved. Yeah, it gets into the weird science experiments. And mm-hmm. even though, like, we, you know, we had talked about humans and the graves don't have a soul, uh, they are looking to take over bodies to inhabit and control and, and things like that. So it, it, the spectrum just varies. What's your opinion on reptilians being government-type people? Uh, it is long rumored that, you know, our government had been infiltrated by the reptilians and others. I believe it, but they keep it so under wraps that there have never actually been accusations in anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you know, the, the closest, you know, mythology community can get is, you know, the Air Force saying, you know, it was a weather balloon or these abductee stories. Um, not, not much, uh, but it is there. Uh, there have been, you know, the pictures taken from the White House basement of the reptilians mm. uh, looking at our nation and things like that. So it's, there's evidence that things are there, but, you know, you, you can't get too close, and it's like maybe that's why those things out there. And then again, a lot of times I've looked at myself, do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, that and and you know what? Because that's what Beast just said. It, on average, humans tend to be highly xenophobic, and the main reaction to any stimulus of seeing something different is to attack or cower. So, and I get that unless they're prodded into action by a strong personality, in other words, mob mentality, and that makes sense. Like if you, if we don't want to know. We do want to know, but we don't want to know because if we if we knew the depth of what was out there and the depth of information, I think it would freak the shit out of everybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look at how we handle a, a sports game, a, a ruined dinner, or you know something of a little less higher meaning than what should I have for breakfast today that could impact everything as we know it and question ourselves. Mm-hmm. We get enough of that on our own. So maybe the the reason why we're not seeing it in the government is actually protecting us because we can't handle the truth. We can't handle the truth. Right, right. And I, I don't think they really Our can little either, pea-sized but... brains, I don't think, can handle it. I really don't think we can. Because we have such primordial brains that I don't think we could physically handle it. I think we would short-circuit. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we can only take so much of something. Yeah. Going to church, the wife, the kids, the dog, whatever. Exactly. And then you throw something, you, you throw someone a curveball like that, yeah, the average oh. person is going to self-destruct. Yeah, like, uh, you know, abductees, uh, near-death experience survivors. You know, I'm a, I'm a near-death mm-hmm. experience survivor, and I look, and a lot of people 
half don't recover, half learn to move on, and I'm still struggling but trying to look on the brighter side, but it's like when you've seen these things and you can't unsee them and you know what you've seen and you feel it within every fiber of your being, you're like how nothing is the same anymore. You know, you've seen something beyond what's in front of you. So, but why are you having problems with your near-death experience? And we're, now we're spinning off into another area. But why are you having oh, no, problems with your near-death experience? Wouldn't that, yeah. wouldn't that make you more calm and realize that there is something else? In other words, you can live your life fearlessly. A lot of people do do that. I have struggled with it over time, and it's... For most, it's, you know, some have been seeing angels, and even some of the near-death experiences, they've seen uh, people that don't turn out to be angels, but more of a spiritual being, and that's kind of covered, like, in the alien race book, so they kind of intersect, but it's, uh, some people kind of feel that relief of, you know, going away or seeing heaven or going to a better place, but there's still... Well, in other words, this isn't all there is. This it, we don't have to worry right. about the fact that this is the end once we croak. Yeah, uh, and I think it's you know we can't handle more advanced things because it's not time. Uh, you know what we're meant to learn here and what's shared throughout you know whatever dreams or whatever visitors or uh, theology or beliefs you know it suits at the time and then later on you know we'll find out that this physical existence is much more. Well, I, I would certainly hope so. I'm going to be pissed if this is all right. Right? <laughs> like, like, come oh, on. <laughs> For the love of God, there's got to be something on the other side. For the love yeah. of God. I mean, seriously. Cause that's it. So is it is it that you're having problems with your religious background? Uh, no, because, does it contradict that? Being, yeah, it, uh, I think it's just being proven to that. No, you're not alone. Yes, there is more. What are you going to do now? Uh, okay. First, I'm going to, you know, go get some ice cream and see what Oprah's doing, and then I'm going to talk about. Uh, okay, it. I get it. I get it. I get it. it, it it's having your eyes yeah. open and looking around and having to see beyond, and nothing simple anymore. Right. Uh, you know, one, you know, once you've seen You're, the blissful ignorance is not there. <laughs> That's the thing I do admire people that don't see this. You know, a couple yeah. times you'll hear me around the house. I'll be talking about, and I'll be in the middle of research on a marathon, and I'm just like, why couldn't I have learned to drink beer and enjoy watching sports like every other guy? Why do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, because <laughs> you're deeper than that, Andy. Yeah, it's... And it sometimes started, it sucks you know, being deep. It does, and I'll, I'll tell you guys how it really all started. It was just curiosity. I grew, I grew up uh, in New Mexico, uh, across the street from a cemetery, literally. My grandma's house right next to us, and right across the street was the old mining cemetery. And being raised Catholic, we had all the religious paintings, candles, and everything in the room. So I'm sitting there at about 11 o'clock at night under, like, 17 quilts, thinking, i uh, I got to look at something else. So I'd look at the cemetery, and it was just so tranquil. Uh, and then I'd hear – I never did see anything, no spirits, no nothing. It was just peace. 
right. uh, than other than my grandmother would tell me tales, and I saw Ghostbusters and got inspired. Uh, and it's just, I never was satisfied with a desk job, even when I worked. But uh, yeah, there's there's so much more in the world. You just got to look and be careful for sure. And I started well, in because, parapsychology. Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said, yeah, I started in parapsychology and then branched into ufology and just kept going at it and doing everything. And, and see, I you can't unlearn what you've learned. And I think that's probably another thing, is that once you, once you are awake, and not a lot of people are, but once you are awake, you cannot sleep again. You might want to. It would be kind of nice. Yeah. But once you are awake, you cannot sleep again, and it and, and that in and of itself can be a burden. Yeah, that's just it. It's you can't unsee, you can't unlearn. What are you gonna do? Uh, but life does go on, and even beyond this, so it's just a day by day. Well, that's actually. A, I think we'll leave it at that note. That's a nice thing to leave it with. All right, that sounds good. So thank you, Andy, for being on the show. Honestly, I, we're going to get you back. We're going to do some more stuff with the paranormal. We're going to talk about ghost sex and everything else. And pleased that you were on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Doc. Like I said, it was, uh, it's been an honor and a privilege, privilege to be on the show and everything. You're very welcome. I'm here for you, for you ladies. Anything you need. Thanks so much, Andy. And thank you. Bye. So, again, you guys, um, thanks again, Andy, for being on the show. It's like we know we're going to get you back here for more. Um, There's so much more that we can discuss, obviously. Thank you to everybody in the chat room, Evil Opal, Sir Beast, Castaway, Joel, Literatrix, ALB775, and our lovely Peyton, who was here as well. Remember that you have till the end of the month to send in your submissions to the Surfage Hotel Anthology that we're working on. So head to InBedWithDrSue.com and check out the Surfage Hotel for details. Um, Go to the show page for this show, Alien Amour, and I'm going to have the ClassifiedUFO.com link up there. Primal Hardware is there. There are videos of the Avipositors if you want to have a look at them. Um, there are two Primal Hardware videos up. Links to Primal Hardware if that's your bag and you want to start pulling that in and doing, you know, a, any kind of cosplay or anything. Like I said, even for doms, like this is a great little side sort of fetish that you can incorporate into your business, which I think is really cool. So head to the show page for Alien Amore. Everything you need is right there. There's links for Andy. There's links for Moon. Sorry, for Moon Wolf and her wonderful um, digital art. Another thing, remember part one of my series on how to tell your wife you're interested in cuckolding is available now on kinkymagazine.com. That's kink with an E, magazine.com. And in the next couple of days, I'm going to be writing a few articles on the review, on the Dr. Sue review, about financial domination that is probably going to make some people cringe and pissed, but that's my job. (laughs) That's what I love to do. Um, Paul will be joining me again live. 
the next show is actually going to be with Paul. Paul did the show with me, Inside the Mind of a Financial Slave. We're going to be discussing the fact that he now has to live two lives, which is very, it's an interesting concept because when he played before, he was always playing as a single guy. Well, now he's playing and he's in a relationship. So we're going to be talking about that. And we're also, another show that's going to be coming up, which I'm not doing this to be depressing, but we're going to be discussing depression and suicide because I think it is very, very important and it hits very close to home for me. And I really want everybody to be more aware of that. Um, But in the meantime, remember, you guys, we are all stardust and each one of us is connected. So be kind and loving. Don't spread hate and exclusion, please. Hello, Republicans. Yeah, I said it. Um, I love you guys, honestly. Be happy. That's the most important thing in life. I'll see you guys in the next show. Great, you guys. I'm going home. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.